Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Kuf Zayin in Maseches Psachim. Beautiful sugyas of Arve Psachim. I think I'll start, because it's very relevant to what we're talking about, to what Rabbi Pinchas Gross Shlita discussed in his Iyun Shir yesterday. He gives a Daf Iyun Shir, and he was talking about the significance of Havdalah. Okay? And he said, because, and we're going to talk a little bit philosophy today, Arve Psachim, we have a little bit more time to cover. And so... What is the significance of Havdalah? We know that Kiddush, we described it, and we're going to be leaning heavily on this analogy. It's really kind of like my own Balabatish concoction, uh, but the analogy, I think, is very helpful in a lot of the things that we're going to be learning. That if you say that Shabbos is our special guest, and we'll call it our guest uh, scholar in residence, right? So you don't just let the scholar in residence get up unannounced, right, without an introduction, Okay, so when you have such a guest, then you let them get up and you first, before you do that, you first introduce them. This is what, right, the Rashbam had said, that you make it special, you make it yakar. You make, you acknowledge the, how precious Shabbos is uh, to you. And one of the ways you acknowledge the importance and preciousness of something is by introducing it. Now, of course, it says, Zohar Shiyam HaShavos Lakacha, right? The Torah tells you to make Kiddush. I'm, but the reason I give uh, some sort of uh, rationale that we can relate to is because some of the halachos, right, is, are going to reflect that. Okay, so that is one of the only ways that I can understand. I'll get to what Rabbi Gross said uh, momentarily. But that is one of the ways that we can understand the following halacha on the very top of Kuf Zayin Aleph, the first word. We had discussed the following idea. If you, there was a machlokis, but the, the bottom line about a uh, question that was in dispute was, let's say we know that you're not supposed to eat before Kiddush, right? You're first supposed to make Kiddush and then have the meal. So what happens if you tasted something be, and you ate before you made Kiddush? So the halacha amazingly is that uh, well, the, the dispute is that there are shitas that say that if you taste it before Kiddush, you can't make Kiddush anymore that night. Maybe you can make Kiddush the next day, but that night you've lost the opportunity. So that's astounding. You're not going to make Kiddush before you ate? Like eating beforehand is me'akev? So that's sort of how I conceptualize it. It's as if like the guest speaker got up to speak and you didn't introduce him. What, are you going to interrupt him now to introduce him? You see what I mean? It wouldn't make any, uh, it wouldn't make any difference. Okay, it wouldn't make any sense. Okay, it wouldn't make it better, put it that way. Okay. Be that as may, that's not the halacha. So what is the halacha regarding that dispute? They had the dispute by Kiddush and they had the same dispute by Havdalah. The thing that Rabbi Gross said by Havdalah was that without Havdalah, we, remember, you might remember we had the I, I, issue a few days ago of mitzvahs, chavilos, chavilos. We said the Kiddush Havdalah isn't, to use it on the same coast, to say Kiddush Havdalah with one coast yain is not a problem of chavilos, chavilos, because it's Kiddush, it's, it's one Indian, right? Um, it's just one idea, like a, like a Kiddush Havdalah. And so how is Havdalah and Kiddush related? Well, they bookend the Kedusha of the day of, let's say, Shabbos, right? They bookend Shabbos, but Rabbi Gross said it's more than that. He said, if you made Kiddush and then Shabbos started, then normally Shabbos is like a Yom Shekula Shabbos. When you have Shabbos, right, it's supposed to reflect Olam Haba, right? You have, just like they have the sixth millennia, and then you have the millennia that leads into the Yemos Mashiach or Yemos Olam Haba. So the fact that Shabbos 
would go away. The fact that you would go to work or have a Sunday the next day, or as it were in Israel, you go to work the next day, would make the whole Kiddush a joke. Because what happened? You brought in Shabbos and then just faded away? Like, was the whole thing just a joke? So Rabbi Gro said, no, you make Havdalah at the end of, of Shabbos to show. We're going to come back to this. You know, we will, we will come back next week. You know, but in the meantime, we are doing this to show, to bookend, that it was Kaddish. It, what we experienced was extremely special and holy, and we're bookending it, we're saving it for next week. So the fact that we go through it week after week should be uh, a way of inspiring us. May we continue to, to rise higher and higher from week to week. Okay. So now, Amarava, Hilchasa, first word on Kufzayin Amadal. Hilchasa, Tam, Mekadesh, Vitam, Avdil. So the fact of the matter is that the halacha is that if you did in fact eat before Kiddush, you still make Kiddush, and similarly with Avdal, you're not supposed to eat before Avdal, but if you did, you still make Avdal. Mishalo, Kiddush, Be'er, Shabbos, Mekadesh, Veholach, Kola, Yom, Kulo, Ad, Motzei, Shabbos. An amazing idea, that if you never made Kiddush, that's another interesting idea. It could be, let's say your, I don't know, wife is in labor, right? And you're at her side, and you just don't have the opportunity. It's hectic, and finally she has the baby around Shalash Shuddis time. So, do you make Kiddush then, and then eat Shalash Shuddis? So the answer is yes. But of course, if she has the baby as, as our first baby. So our first baby, I had the opportunity to make Kiddush. But by Havdalah, I was ice mensch. Like I wasn't able to, uh, to, to focus. That's when things got really hectic. Finally, she had the baby Sunday morning. Um, and so this is 26 years ago, but, but uh, I, I'll still remember watching the sun go up and down like a yo-yo from Thursday night all the way to Sunday morning. And then Sunday morning after she had the baby, I made Havdalah. As the Gemara says, Havdalah. <laughs> Here, when it says Kol Shabbos Kula, it really means the whole week. Okay. But then, uh, those who say, right, I think it's Tosfas here, says only till Wednesday. Uh, the Gemara is going to say till Wednesday? Oh, the Gemara, oh, that's right, that's right. The Gemara had said it. Right. Another, okay, so, right, because it's not relevant already because we say that the first half of the week is Shayach to the Shabbos before. Okay. Okay, another version. Amemar pasach al hashmaisa the Rav Bahai Lishna. Amemar said the uh, Rav's halachic ruling like this. Amar Rav hilchas atam mekadesh tam avdil. As we said, if you taste it, it's not it's not me'akav. You still make kiddush and avdala. And mishalok kiddush be'er shabbos mekadesh v'holach kol yom kulo. And again, you can make kiddush. Let's say on for shal shudas mishalok hivdu matz shabbos avdil v'holach kol hayom kulo. Instead of saying kol hashabbos kulo all week, he says you make it all day. Uh, and again, that's not, so, so according to the Shita, or the Gemara that says it's till Wednesday, it's not exactly, uh, Meduyak that it's only Sunday. You might be able to make a Abdullah on Monday as well. In my particular incident, I did it, um, Sunday, like afternoon. Okay. Amarle Mari Nuko Markashisha. Let's tell the story time. He said, So they, somebody said to Ravashi, Marianuka and Markashisha, they both said, Zimna Chada Ikla Amemar Laathrin. Amemar, right? This very Amemar, who quoted the halacha of Rava, came to visit. Aha. And we didn't have wine. Chamra means wine. So we didn't have wine for Havdalah. So Aitina Le Shechor Velo Avdil. So we gave him beer. This is a date beer, okay? And he didn't make Havdalah for it. Like we saw, he was our guest. We didn't have any wine. We gave him beer. And, he did, and, and so we, he said, nah, no, thank you. Uvas Tavas. Vas Tavas is a quote 
from Navi, okay, from Daniel, that means he went to sleep fasting. He went to bed without drinking and anything or eating. So then that was bad. We felt like terrible hosts. The next day we went to kosher bite. I'm not going to get involved with kosher bite versus accents versus the guy who's trying to open up and rice us down. But be that as it may, we went to the local uh, alcohol place and we got him some wine and he made Avdallah right away and on Sunday morning and immediately started to eat. So we saw that this guy was Makbid. We saw that, um, we saw that, uh, uh Maymar was Makbid on Yain. This is a very interesting idea. Yain is where something that we need to have for Kiddush. But this, this concept that, that you can possibly have beer for Havdalah. You might recall that we do that in the nine days. Some people are knowing to do that in the nine days when we're Makbid not to drink wine. So when Motsa Shabbos falls out in the nine days, some people have beer. Okay, so then what happened the next year? He came back, right? You have to he come back every year. So the following year, same time of year, he, came, he comes to visit. Sure, sure enough, we had no wine again. Why were they not better prepared? I don't know, but it, it didn't matter. Why? Because Aitina Shechra, again we brought him the beer, and this time, interestingly, Amar, Amemar at this point said, Look at this concept of Chamar Medina. Now remember, Chamra means wine. Chamar Medina means wine of this area. So he says, this is the wine of the area. So Avdil Vitaim Midi. So the second year, given the same, right, beer beverage, Amemar did make Havdalah with this beverage. So what's going on? What do we learn from this? Says the Gemara, Shmami Plus. You can learn three things from this. Shmami Ham Avdil Bitfil So the first thing you learn is that you make Havdalah. With a kos, right? After all, we said atachonon tanu, right? We already said that in Shmoneh of Ma'ariv, but we still need to make Havdalah with a kos. Okay, so that, that we're familiar with, that halacha. Now, right? And also the related uh, halacha that we just learned that earlier, that you should not right, eat beforehand, which is why Amemar went to sleep starving the, the previous year. And then finally, and, and the third thing is, you can, you learn that you can make Havdalah the next day. Why? Because after all, Amemar made Havdalah the next day. Now, Tosvas already points out that it was Shmami Na over here, that really you don't learn necessarily that you can make a Kola Shabbos Kulo because he made it on Sunday. But he said, okay. Uh, that's the halacha anyway, and so, you know, it's not exact, not to mention, it doesn't even mention Chamer Medina, right? These are the three things that we learned, but what we, one of the things that's not mentioned is that we can actually use Chamer Medina instead of Yain. We're going to get to it, okay. So, Chamer Medina instead of Yain for Havdalah, okay. So that is, in fact, the topic that the Gemara now is going to dig into in earnest, some Gersas I saw say that it was really Rav Chista asked Rav Huna because Rav Huna was the, was the main character here. But be that as it may, the question was Can you in fact make Kiddush over beer? Looks like for sure you could make Havdalah over beer, but wait a minute. Can you make Havdalah over beer? So let's, let's just um, focus a little bit on the story we just heard. The first year, Amemar was so mockbit he went to sleep starving. And he didn't want to make it. And then the second year, he said, Kevan, since it's Chamer Medina, then I can make it. 
So what happened between the first and the second year? So again, the Mepharshim explained that Chamer, what's Chamer Medina? Chamer Medina, so, so how makbed are you on Yain? So this is already the concept of Chamer Medina, you will see, and I actually did a pretty deep dive into this Chamer Medina, and I asked some of the people that, that know the most, and it's, you're not going to necessarily find the answer. It's not a Pashat answer. And it's all over the map. For example, the Rambam will say that Chamer Medina is just a hush of drink. Okay. Now, why are we allowed to drink yain? So yain is all over the psukim, right? So yain, we know, has a special status. And we know for Hilchos Brachos, because we were Zohar and Brachos together, that yain has a special status that no other things have. Just like lechem has a special status that, with regards to solid food that no other things have. And we also know that lechem, this is, this is Simon Wolf talking, that you're allowed to make Kiddush Friday night on lechem if you don't have yain. That becomes significant because Friday night, right, is the Iker Kiddush and therefore you can make Kiddush on Lechem. And that means that the Kiddush of Friday night is somehow associated with the Suda. And for that reason, he thinks that you, you, you cannot use Chamer Medina. In other words, why can you not use Chamer Medina for Kiddush? So I heard a few reasons. Number one, Friday night. Maybe, again, Friday night Kiddush, you can't use Chamer Medina, but... Havdalah, you can, obviously, right? Because Amemar used it. And then it's a question for Shabbos Day whether you could use Chamer Medina, okay? But most people say that you can. Friday night is Doraisa. Whether the aspect of the coast is Doraisa is also a question. But the point is that Friday night, it's, it's Yain or Bust. Nobody uses Chamer Medina for Friday night. Even Hasidim who like to use Schnapps, Shabbos Day, are not going to use Schnapps for Friday night. Friday night is, is Yain. Havdalah or Shabbos day, you can use Chamer Medina. So Yain is something you can be makbid on because it's more tied to the Suda. Okay? Or because it's more Chashav and you need the most Chashav like, uh, 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 ideal thing. As opposed to the, uh, Shabbos, the Kiddush, right, of Shabbos day or for Havdalah, so since it's, you can't use, so this is what Simon Wolfick says, is you can't use Lechem, you see it's not as tied to the Suda, and therefore it just has to be a hush of drink. So that's what the Rambam says. The Rambam says whatever is the hush of drink in your area, that's what you can use as Chamer Medina. A Maymar, when he noticed that this is basically what they have, so he said this is what they consider Yain. Now, this is what they consider Yain, and therefore you could use it for Avdalah. But, but I, find it hard to believe that they use that for Kiddush Friday night, right? Just because that's what they considered yain doesn't mean that they actually used it as yain. So you have to really see in, in each individual case, right, how Chamer Medina works. Um, incidentally, the Mishnah Brura, no less, really talks about the schnapps for, for Kiddush on Shabbos day. And the Mishnah Brura, not everybody holds of it, but most Shittas hold this. I think he said that there's a Taz who you could be Somechan, but the Mishnah says if you use schnapps, you still are not relieved from the responsibility of having Malol Lugmav, as we discussed, uh, right? Malol Lugmav Arovervius, which means that, okay, enjoy your schnapps and herring, but you have to drink the schnapps as if it was grape juice, right? Yeah, as if it was yain. You have to drink, or nobody has, right, shot glasses, that's all. You have to drink it out of a Kiddush cup. That's, that's a whole thing in its own right. So anyways, but, uh, so if you're having schnapps with herring for Shabbos day, you're so mechan a lot of 
tzadim. It's not like a kula per se, but you're like, there's a couple of sides to, his, to each issue. Is schnapps, in fact, chamer medina, right? What is the definition of chamer medina? Is it the yain of its place, or is it just a chash of drink, like the Rambam says? So, okay, so you go, you're going with the Rambam, that it just has to be a chash of drink, so then certainly schnapps is a chash of drink. You can even throw in reversal Herschel Is it a drink or is it even considered a food? He may not even consider schnapps a drink. That's a different story. But so, so let's say you hold it to drink and you hold it to chash of drink and you hold it to chamer medina. And then you have to like circumvent the Mishnah bro who says that you have, and go with the Taz who says that, that a, um, who says that a shot glass would be enough because that's the usual way that the, right, chamer medina is consumed. If you can navigate all of those shitas, then lachaim. Okay. So now, okay, so the question is now, can you make the actual Kiddush with beer? So the reply was, Amar hashta uma pir zuma asne rav. So he said, so, oh, so the answer that Rav Huna, we think, gave, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, assumed chita. said like this, I was in yeshiva, right, and I asked Rav this question, and I said, can you make Kiddush on fancy craft beers made out of pirzuma, barley, or te'ene, as we know, figs, asne berries, right? Can you make it on these fancy beers? That's what the Rashbam explains. Rashbam says, right? The, the average beer in those days was made out of dates. Uh, most people don't drink date beer today. We have it made out of barley, but, um, or some sort of wheat, but the idea here is that those days, they usually drank it out of date. So this, they had the fancier beers. And I asked Rav, well, this is a much fancier beer. So this is somewhere between beer and yain in terms of chashivas. Can I use it for Kiddush? So he says, Rav Okay, so I asked Rav. Rav was like, that's a good question. He asked Rebichia. Rebichia, I'm a Rebbe, right? And Rebichia asked Rebbe, and then he went all the way to the top, and Rebbe didn't know the answer. So Shikhrami Bayis, so he says, if these question, if these high-end craft beers are Shaila, so Shikhra, so this regular date beer, Budweiser, is that gonna possibly be a Shaila? Of course, which is, implies, of course you can't use it for Kiddush, right? As the Gemara continues to say, Savarmune, Kiddushay Hu Dilome Kachina Lave. Right? The, this, the Yeshiva guys who asked, um, this question, uh, presume from this that really you can't use the beer. Because he said, the craft beer you can't, so obviously you're gonna ask me about the Budweiser. Uh-huh. But as we've been discussing, but still you could use it for Havdalah. Uh-huh. So then Amar Lahu Rav Chista, Rav Chista clarified what was going on. He said, This is what Rav said. Don't misunderstand. He doesn't only mean that you can't make Kiddush, he also means that you can't make Havdalah with Budweiser. Well, when Itmar Nami always said, Amar Rav, so we have sources to say that you cannot make Havdalah on regular Budweiser. Okay, but presumably the craft beers you could, that's, that's um, so, so it's a question. It, was that the Hummer Medina over there? So presumably it was not, right? Because it's a, it's a question of whether you can use Hummer Medina or not. It's not, it's not necessarily ideal, and that's why uh, incidentally, we have various shitas when it comes to the nine days when we're makbid on, uh, uh, right, when we're makbid to not drink wine. So some people drink beer. Some people say, well, maybe you can't be yotze with beer. And this is the source material, right? The locus classicus, as Rabbi Rosenzweig says, 
the of of whether you can in fact use beer. Although, what are the other options? You can maybe drink yain and give it to a katan, etc. But then you, uh, uh, we said hamikadosh uh, sarach uh, yitom. You have to you have to taste it. So we have, or some people may just drink the wine altogether. So this is where it comes from the idea of chamer medina for havdalah. But we I think most most assume that you can have chamer uh, medina if necessary. That's the other real, real halachic issue, which is to say, is this halach, if this idea of Chamer Medina is even in the presence of Yain. That really is where you see it in the poskim. And this, Simon Wolf points out, goes all the way through the Rishonim, all the way through the poskim. Is this only when you don't have any other option? That's really another shaila in its own right, which is another thing you have to be somechan when you're having schnapps for Kiddush on Shabbos day. Because some hold that Chamer Medina is only something which is allowed when you don't have any yain. Because in these cases in the Gemara, it seemed like it was a case where they didn't have yain. And I think it was Barry who pointed out to me, yes, last week, that you were talking about a different culture. You're talking about cultures where, when you say Chamer Medina, where did this idea even come from? So Barry gave historical context. He said, you're talking about like entire provinces that didn't have wine access. So Chamer Medina literally meant this is what they used for wine. They didn't have what we call wine. They didn't have grape wine. They had whatever they drank that they figured out how to make alcohol out of dates or berries or whatever. But so then it's really Chamer Medina. Like what options do you have? So maybe they have to go search like, like Hanukkah, you know, for, for yain, for Kiddush Friday night. But it's, it's not something that they have in great, in, in plentiful enough to start using it every time they want for Shabbos Day and Motor Shabbos either. So that's real Chamer Medina. So Barry's explaining a historical hardline version of what Chamer Medina means. The Chamer Medina, according to Barry, uh, his, his historical, um, observation, it would mean that you have to go and, right, that you have no choice, that the only reason why you'd be allowed to use Chamer Medina, because this is literally the yain of the place, uh, due to the lack of actual yain. Okay. More stories regarding this issue. It's a fascinating issue. Levi Shadur Leila Rebbe Shichra Bar Tlesar Megane. I'm sorry, Larebi. His name wasn't Rebbe Beer. It wasn't Rebbe Beer. It was Shadur Leila Rebbe. He sent to Rebbe Shichra Bar Tlesar Magne. Shichra Bar Tlesar Magne is a very, uh, refined date beer. So just like we said, um, that, uh, that date beer in general was considered like Budweiser, but this was not that. This was like a very special date beer that was trip, uh, triple filtered four times, right? It was 13 different filterings and crushings. It's very, very intense, very flavorful. Okay. So time may have a basim tuva. So Rebbe tasted it and he loved it. He thought it was a great flavor. So Amar Kagoin Zeh, Royal Akadashalav, Alamarlav, Kolshirasishishmachasbaolam. Question is, was he saying it literally or was he just being mishabach this, this drink? He, 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 right? So Rebbe takes a, uh, takes a taste of this drink and he says, you can be mekadish on this and all the shiras v'tishbachos. So it sounds like, if you want to take it literally, it sounds like, again, that the yain isn't necessarily like the psukim insists on yain, but maybe if the date beer was so exceptional that it tasted amazing and had all certain properties, you could literally make any kiddush on it. Or you could say, no, he wasn't saying literally, but he just says you could in, in, uh, you could in theory make some, you could use it as Chamer Medina at least, despite the fact that it's date beer. 
Be that as it may, that night he had a really tough time uh, with diarrhea and the, and the like, because after all, uh, 13 times over pressed date beer can, can do a number on you. Amran miyastran mufayis. And he said, can the same thing that tastes so good make you feel so bad? Uh, and uh, to which I was learning this with Yitz, um, with Yitz Topper, and he said, isn't that always how it is? Anyways, <laughs> uh, be that as it may, right, he, he had real tsar from it, and he realized, well, this tastes amazing, but it has a, a, it has a, revengeful, a vengeful effect afterwards. Okay. But now, Let's talk about uh, how date beer is not the best. I'm Yosef. I'm going to make, I'm willing to make a public that I'm never going to drink that junk. Okay. I'd rather drink like donkey urine than drink, uh, to drink that, that stuff. It, technically, he's talking about the, the like um, wastewater that you have after you soak flax. Okay, I would rather drink that. Nobody would obviously drink that. He's making a statement. This is disgusting. I'll never drink date beer. Date beer. May the date beer be the everyday drink of a person who recites Kiddush over date beer. It's like a curse. That's what I was saying. He's saying if you have the if you develop the idea of making Kiddush over date beer, which is cheap stuff, right? Because you don't have yain. May you lose all your money and be in a financial situation where that's all you can afford. Wow. So these guys really don't like date beer. And again, maybe if it's really Budweiser, then it's like disrespectful, right? It's this cheaper beer. Okay. So Rav Ashkechei Rav Huna, the Kaddish HaShichra. Rav Huna found Rav making Kiddush over date beer after all this. So Amalei, so Rav Huna said, Shari Abel, Mikne Istri Meshichra. It appears that you have stock in date beer. You must have bought Budweiser stock, right? That's what he, literally what he's saying. It sounds like you're earning money based on this because otherwise I can't imagine why you would be drinking that junk for Kiddush. Okay, you know, but be that as it may, right? You have to explain why was Ravuna making Kiddush? Uh, was this Shabbos day? Was this Friday night? So like I said, you really have to, you really have to uh, sort through what all the Rishonim, all the way down to the Halacha, are going to say about this. But the mainstream is, for sure, Friday night, you have to make yain, and then Shabbos Day. Tomorrow, we'll talk about Dalat Kosos. That, for sure, you have wine. By the way, how does a Nazir drink Dalat Kosos? <laughs> how does a Nazir make Kiddush Friday night? Uh, do you ever think about that? You're making a Nazir. Stam Nazir is at least 30 days. How is he making Kiddush Friday night? So most say he would have to make it on Lechem. Yeah. The Gemara says that. You have to look at Gemara Masechus Nazir Daf. What? Can he just go to his friend's house? <laughs> he could go mozi, be mozi from his friend. He should go to his friend's house. Andrew is inviting all Nazirim. Um, God willing, we'll make it to Nazir Daf Gimel. We'll get into all that. Okay. But Dal Kosas is a bigger issue. Because Dal Kosas, you can't go to your friend's house. That's a chiv on each individual. We're going to learn that tomorrow. So you eat bread, so bread for Dal Kosas. Andrew, you're so confused. We're going to go over it tomorrow. You better, you better not miss tomorrow, Andrew. And you don't have to tell Andrew twice. Okay, Tana Rabbanon. Ein mekachin ela al hayayin. Ve'ein mevarchin ela al hayayin. So, see, this is a b'risa. So we just learned Rav Huna was mekadosh on shichar. So what was, he, what was that, Shabbos day? What's going on? We have a b'risa that says you can't make kiddush, you can only make kiddush on yayin. And ve'ein mevarchin ela al hayayin is, however, a strange comment. What does it mean? You only, what does that mean? You only make a b'richas on nen and al hayayin? That's not true. You make a b'richas on nen and everything. That's the question of the Gemara. The Gemara asks, 
on beer, but even more of a chiddush, on water, if you're thirsty, you make shahako. Of course you make. What does this mean? Ein mevachin al yain. You make, you make brachas on everything. So the Gemara answers, Amar abai achi kamar. Ein omrim havei kos shel bracha levarich el al yain. Aha. The birchas amazon kos shel bracha. It wouldn't make sense for that kos shel bracha to be anything but wine. And you see, you don't, people don't use beer for that one. Okay, another b'risa. Tonar b'arim. Ein mekachin al hashechar. Okay, you don't make kiddush over the date beer. Mishum Rabbi Elazar bar Rabbi Shimon Amru mekadshin. Ah, but there are so we see. There's machloksin about this. Okay, mat emis yain kol shehu. And furthermore, another halacha that for for teima, right? We said hakodesh mekadesh tzarich sheyit om. Right? We just had this in the last couple of days. The idea that once you make kiddush, you have to at least taste it. Uh huh. So that's one sheet. That's one daya. And Rabbi Yosef Yehuda Amir Malol Lugma. Rabbi Yosef Yehuda says that you have to have a cheekful. How much is a cheekful? Oh, well, that that is a cheekful of of uh, of uh, literature on this. Tosfos himself over here, Imta Malol Lugma, goes to the Gemara Yuma. He says, well. Why are we using the shear of a cheekful? We're used to the shear of a revius. That may, right? The revius is usually the liquid kazayas, right? So what's this cheekful? So he says, uh, it makes it, in, in essence, more subjective. If you have small cheeks, it's going to be less than a revius. If you're og melech habashan, as Tosva says, then maybe it's going to be more. Okay. The idea of malolugmav is a fascinating idea over here. Okay. So the question of malolugmav, does it mean one side of the mouth? Does it mean both sides of the mouth? Um, so generally it's assumed it fills one cheek and it's less than a revius. But just know that Tosfos points out there's some subjectivity to the Malol Lugmav issue and here we have the introduction of that idea. Okay, so now. Amar Avunam Amarav. V'chein Tani Rav Gidl demin Neresh. Rav Gidl was from Neresh. And he says, HaMekadosh V'tam Malol Lugmav Yatza. That again, so according to that shita, the Ti'ima, just right, the, the Kol Shehu, the Mashahu, which is any minimal amount, uh, just wetting your lips with it is not, certainly not enough. You have to have malo logmav, and then your yotze kiddush vim lav lo yatsa. And as if that's not explicit enough, he says if you don't have this malo logmav, you're not going to be yotze. Okay. To which the valedictorian of Mesechas Psachim finally chimes in. Amar of Nachman bar Yitzchak. I also have this in my arsenal of brises, and I learned it like this: lo gidel bar menasha v'lo gidel bar menyumi. Yeah, but when I learned that particular halacha, I should tell you that I don't know whether it's Gidel Bar Menashe or Gidel Bar Menyumi. Remember, the, the, uh, we said that Gidel was from Neresh, but we don't know which Gidel was from Neresh. El Gidel Stama. Uh, for me, I just know it as a Gidel. I don't know which one, which Gidel this, this was. Okay, a, a question about which Gidel. When I was growing up, uh, when I was in YU, there was David Schwartz, two brilliant David Schwartzes. One, uh, one from West Orange, New Jersey, and the other was also from West Orange, New Jersey. So there was two. So West Orange was the, was the, uh, Neresh of its time, where you have these two brilliant guys, and they were both David Schwartz. Um, but anyway, now one of them lives in Beit Shemesh, so it's all good. One of them went to Yale Law School. It's a whole thing. Point is, why do we care? Says the Gemara, Lamai Nafkamina. Why do we care it was Gidel Barman Yumi and Gidl, or, or Gidel Barman So we say, Lemirma Didea Didei. Yeah, because if we hear a statement from one of them, and it turns out that he's, con- we'll know whether he's contradicting himself or not. Okay, based on whether it was one or the other. Fine. That was Inyan number one. Now, Inyan number two, two 
the second line up from the bottom, two dots. Samach lemincha. So remember, the, the Mishnah had said that you should not eat samach lemincha. So Ibailu, they asked. Right, remember, that was like the initial idea of our Rebbe So now we finally ask, samach lemincha gedolat nan, o dilma samach lemincha ketanat nan. Right, we were, I was evasive about that issue when we first pointed out the Mishnah because this was a discussion in the Gemara over here. So the question is, What's the question? First of all, what's mincha gadol? What's mincha katana? So one way, easy way to remember is that the day, let's say, let's take a regular, um, not a regular day, but a perfectly balanced day that starts at 6 a.m. and finishes 6 p.m. So basically mincha gadol, one way to remember it would be, well, cut the day exactly in half at noon. And then all you do is shift it over a half hour. So cut the day exactly at half at noon. So then that's whole second half of the day, we'll call that Mincha Gedola. That's when you start shechting the Tamit Shel Bein Arbaim. From 12, what we'll call 12.30, is when you start shechting the Tamit Shel Bein Arbaim. And then you stop shechting it, right, when at the advent of Mincha Ketana. So to figure out when Mincha Ketana is, you take the whole second half of the day, which would be from noon to six, split it right in half, it'll make it 3 p.m., and then shift it over a half hour again, and then you get your 3.30, that's your Mincha Katana. So the question is, when do you have to stop eating? By noon? Or by, by 12.30? Or by 3.30? That's the question of the Gemara. Because it's, all it says is Samach Lemincha. It doesn't say which one. So the Gemara says like this. Samach Lemincha Gedolot Nan Umishum Pesach Dilma Asi Lemimshach. Don't forget. Our mission is talking about Arve Psachim. It's true that, right, that that we continue to say maybe this is an extension of the idea that applies to Arve Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, and all Erev Yantiv as well. But if you keep it pure and say that it's talking about Erev Pesach, well, Erev Pesach, you have an additional responsibility of bringing the carbon Pesach. So that would indicate that maybe we are talking about Mincha Gedola, and therefore we have to really get our act together early by noon and stop eating. Why? Maybe we're going to end up getting right carried away by our Suda. And then if we do that, right, we're going to miss out on bringing the Korban Pesach Bizman. So that's the side to say that when it says Samach Lemincha, it means Mincha Gedola. As we turn to Kuzayin and Bez, it says, what will happen if you get carried away in your meal? Your preoccupation with your meal, with your noshing, is going to, um, is going to uh, cause you to, right, be delinquent in make, bringing the Korban Pesach. Odilma. Maybe Maybe the Mishnah means that, no, you could eat all the way up till 3.30. The reason is not because of the Korban Pesach. The reason is because you want to be able to eat matzah that evening. And the idea is, well, this is an interesting way of saying it. The, the idea is you're supposed to have the appetite for the matzah, just like you have to have it for everything else, right? And this is, in this, this case would... Presumably, to some extent at least, apply to Erev Shabbos and Erev, other Erev Yantiv, that when you have Mishum Matzah, right, you want to have appetite. Now, Matzah, you need to have more of an appetite uh, because it's like a mitzvah to Raisa. Now, why is having an appetite important? Maybe you could just eat it without an appetite. So that's why it says, if you're already so full that you no longer have an appetite, so then it says, Dilma also the Michal Matzah Achila Gasa. That would be a problem, right? Because we have an idea that Achila Gasa is not considered Achila, right? Um, so there's different 
gradations of achila gasa, but it's certainly not an ideal achila. If it's so, if you're so incredibly stuffed, you can't eat a thing, and you're literally just like you know Kobayashi, you know, competitively shoving the stuff into, down your throat. Oh, Joey Chestnut, I don't know who your rooting interest is. So then, that's already not eating, right? Competitive eating, that's not eating, right? Nobody does that for for uh, eating, but um, but uh, if you Right, so that's not achila. So that would be obviously very problematic because you have what a mitzvah d'oraisa of achilas matzah. So Simon Wolf points out you also have a mitzvah d'oraisa of achilas korban pesach. Why isn't bringing that out? So he holds this is like a lighter kind of. This is not, we're not talking about you're going to sit and really stuff yourself on air of pesach, but it's not. It's not going to be lete avon. You're not going to be, um, you know, really sh- uh, sh- savoring the matzah, which you should. And the fact of the matter is, it's easier to eat the shawarma. You know, even when you're not that hungry, that's still more delicious. Matzah, it's dry, you're eating it by itself, and therefore it's a little bit harder, and therefore you have that issue. And that's why he also points out, maybe that's also why we don't have the same thing on sukkah. You have a mitzvah on sukkahs also, of eating kazais in the sukkah. So why don't we have this on sukkahs, the same way as we have it on Pesach? So he said, sukkahs, you can have it with dips, right? The matzah you eat on its own. And that's really the hardest. You need to have an appetite to take down these dry matzah, right, on its own. And therefore, that is the reason why we would stop at, at uh, Mincha Ketana. Okay, good. So now the Gemara says, Amar Ravina, Tashma. We're going to try to bring a proof, right, of whether our Mishnah meant Mincha Gedol Mincha Ketana. So it says, Ebrisa, Afilu Agrippus HaMelech, Shurag Lechol Batesha Shos. Agrippus was a Jew, but not like the most yeshivish Jew, uh, Jewish king we've ever had. And he used to wake up in, late in the afternoon every day. So his breakfast was like 2, 3 in the afternoon. So it says, even though he ate breakfast, usually his first meal was like around 2, 3 p.m. So even he, on that day, he should not eat until it becomes dark, which means that by the time he woke up, it's too late for breakfast. That's the point. He, so he can no, he's lost his chance to eat. Now, for some reason, Ravina thinks that that's a proof to that it's mincha ketana, not mincha gedola. Why is that? So the Gemara is going to explain. If you think that it's samach mincha ketana, which means that uh, 3.30, that it makes actual sense, right? It makes sense to bring the chiddish that it also applies to grippus, Right? Right? So in other words, it's an interesting formulation. In other words, when the Bryce has said that it's a Chiddush, so there has to be some element of Chiddush. So the element of Chiddush is that Agrippus usually woke up shortly before Mincha Ketana. So what we're telling Agrippus is, don't start eating because you're going to end up eating past Mincha Ketana. That's the Chiddush, right? But if it was Mincha Gedola, then we're not saying a Chiddush. We're saying, hey, Agrippus, you woke up two hours after Mincha Gedola. Of course, there's no Chiddush in that. Of course, you can't eat. Okay. That's an unusual, I would have thought, the, whatever. I didn't, I didn't realize it until the Gemara spells it out. That's why it's a good thing the Gemara spelled it out. Okay. So, El Samach Mincha Ketana Tanan. So, from a Griffiths, it sounds like he's talking about that our mission is referring to Mincha Ketana based on that Brysa that says it's a Chiddush by Griffiths. So, he says, Sof Sof, at the end of the day, we still have the same Shaila. My Revusa Dei Griffiths. Is it really still a Chiddush by Griffiths? Hamachile Zmani Sura. Right? In other words, it's, it's still Azman Isser before his meal is finished. In other words, yes, I guess you could say the Chiddush is that he can't start, but the point is, 
The reason why he can't start is because he'll for sure run into the Zman where it's no longer Asr. And that's why we're telling him that he can't start. So it's not really such a Chiddush, right? Because we're just basically, all we're doing is we're setting a time where you can't eat past. And therefore, of course, the Grippas can't eat. Whether it's Mecha Gedola or Mecha Katana. Uh-huh. So, the Brysa ends up saying, No, it's still Kedai to have this Brysa. Because you might have thought, Right? You might have thought that what? That if we, let's say, woke up at 9 or 10 a.m. So we, we would consider that oversleeping by like 8 hours. I mean, we would. But let's say a regular person who goes to a normal minion and goes to a normal time dafiomi. So even he, right, we would say that you could eat breakfast. You can't say you won't, you're not allowed to eat breakfast. And so you would think, uh, but besides that, certainly you could eat breakfast because we're saying that what? That's not going to detract Right from your ability to eat the corn pesach later, that's an early meal. So you might have thought that a grip is, since that's like breakfast for him, that that's like arba shos didan dami, which is to say that a grip is two, three in the afternoon meal is his breakfast, and therefore it's like our nine ten a.m. meal. Okay, so that's why we have to say kamash milan. No, that like we're very serious about this. That if you wake up late, we're not going to give you breakfast. Right, if you wake up late, you missed it. Just like in Grossinger's, right? If you missed it, you missed it. That's why, right, as Rabbi Orlovsky always used to laugh, it was like the army, his father would bang on the door and say, come on, breakfast, breakfast. What about dad? We're on vacation. We don't want to get up for breakfast. But it's paid for, right? You paid for breakfast and they're going to stop serving it. So, yeah, so even though you missed, so, so that's the point. Even though Agrippa slept through it, we're not going to give him breakfast. Fine. Then Gemara says, Amar Ravi Asi. Okay, so we say, even though you can't eat, right, most things, that means you can't start a meal. But you could start eating, what, mine targima. Is that really what they call the Arab Pesach food? <laughs> right, like the styrofoam onion rings and all the disgusting things that you really can't, uh, kids are always crying, there's nothing to eat. But really, mine targima, you could eat dips, uh, meat, vegetables, things like that. Okay. So, right, so Rabbi Yitzchak, as, as we discussed, Rabbi Yitzchak, Yarki, Rabbi Yitzchak would dip and eat veggies, etc. So you can eat these things. Now, these things, uh, not only can you eat them because it's not a satiating meal, but some would argue, as the Gemara is about to describe now, that that's actually like an appetizer to the extent that it, so to speak, opens up the mayim, right? It's, it's an appetizer in the literal sense that it increases appetite. Right, that's where the word appetizer comes from. Do you know that, Andrew? Yeah. So, Tanya Namiachi, we have that in the Brysa. Hashamish matbil ayin. He dips what? Kishkis. And gives it to guests. And we're not, I'm not going to start giving you a pasuk that says, thou shalt eat, right? Appetizers, four spice. It's not in the, but it's a zechla dover because why? Shanemar niru lachem nir. Ve'al tizru el kotzim. Well, that's, that's quite a stretch. You're meo. Talking about you could break, you could plow and break open ground to make the ground more, um, more, right, uh, eligible to receive the seeds, more amenable to the seeds. That's what we're doing when you're eating an appetizer. It's like we're a little bit not hungry and because we're untilled earth, ah, once you start plowing the earth and now it's all fresh earth, now we're ready to eat for real. Just like now you're ready to sow. 
So the Gemara says, Rav HaShasei Chamer Kuli Ma'alei Yoma Depizcha. The entire Erev Pesach, Rav would drink wine. So this is already something that we don't have at Lahalacha, right? It was assumed that wine is, is Moshech, right? That wine increases appetite. But to drink wine all Erev Pesach seems, seems uh, excessive. Okay. But be that as it may, the Gemara says, Rav did this, Kehechi the Nigrere Lelibe. He did it in order to whet his appetite. Okay. The Nechol Matzat Fei Ursa. In order to eat matzah, right, with great fervor. So Amar Rava, Mina Amin Allah, the Chamar Migur Gari, how did he know that wine whets the appetite? So you could say, because last year I drank and my appetite was through the roof. But no, he learns it from the Mishnah. That none, like we learn in the Mishnah, right, and we're going to be learning it in about 10 days as we turn to Kofchesim at Aleph, right? Bain Hakosos Halalu. What's, talk, what's going on here? So we're, now we're getting to the Pesach Seder, everyone. We're going to transition. Tomorrow we're going to talk about Heseba and Dalakosos, but here, here it comes. That the idea that between what the, between the first and the second or the second and the third cup we're going to see of the Dalakosos, Imratza Lishtos Yishta. If you want, you could drink. But Ben Shlishi Lervi Lo Yishta, the famous halacha, and this is in fact halacha, you can't drink between the third and the fourth cup of wine. The Amas Misa Said. Now, wait a minute. If you're going to say that wine in fact satiates your appetite, then Amai Yishta. And why are we going to let you drink between the first and the second and the second and the third cups of wine? After all, each of those dalakosas you want to be able to drink, right, with an appetite for the drinking must be, and also not only that, but then you're going to be eating matzah and it's going to, right, because if you're going to drink all this wine before Shulchan Arich and we let you in fact drink, so then, well, by the time you get to the matzah, you're not going to be hungry for the matzah anymore. And as we just said, and in fact, the topic of our Mishnah, as we begin, is teaching us that we want to go into the matzah with great fervor and appetite. So obviously, the fact that you could drink between the first and the second, uh, right, the, the, the fact that you can't drink between the third and the fourth, notwithstanding, right, that's already post-meal, hawk, right? That's already after the, the, the Shulchan Aruch. But the fact that you can drink there, that's, that's a different issue which we'll discuss. But the fact that you can drink between the first and the second, the second and the third, must mean, that must mean that in fact drinking gives you an appetite and therefore that's why Rav says drink an appetite. However, the idea was, Rav Sheshus went in the other direction. Rav Sheshus says the Gemara, So whereas Rav was drinking all day. Rav Sheshus was fasting all day in Erev Pesach. By the way, the fast of the Bechoros is a new invention. This year, it's a whole situation, calendrical coincidence, right? This year, it's a whole shayla because Erev Pesach is Shabbos. I don't think uh, would Rav Sheshus have fasted had it been Shabbos. That that that's that you know for for the sake of having the appetite in Korban Pesach, that that that's quite the shayla. Now this year we can't fast. We assume halakhli that we do not fast on Erev Pesach Shechal Yos So what are we going to do? Fast on Friday? Well, you can't fast on Friday. Most people don't fast on Friday either. So, uh, so when's the time, when's the Siyam Bechoros going to be? So those who hold that you, in fact, need a Siyam Bechoros, which, like I said, is a newfangled invention to, to get out, so to speak, of the fast by making the Siyam, a uh, later invention, I should say, those who do so will be doing so on Thursday morning. Calendrical coincidence. But be that as it may, we're going to uh, com- we're going to con- um, continue with Rav Sheshis tomorrow, and those of you who are here for the minion are probably going to have a really hard time 
not showing up tomorrow at 5.35, the Bnei Jacob Shari Zion, because you know that tomorrow we're talking about Haseba and the mitzvah, Bezrat Hashem, of Dalad Kosos. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>